The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Always thankful for Easter. I uh, hear recently we've made some changes in the preschool, and Brent and I have been going down every other week and doing a chapel service for the kids on Wednesdays. So I was assigned, uh, you know, that my topic a few weeks ago, and it was um, reassigned this um, past week, and somebody, the person sent it to me, Megan said, uh, Megan Mitchell sent me an email and said, Jimmy, I, I didn't realize this was Easter week. We need to talk about the resurrection. Here's a different lesson. So I was like, no, I got this, you know. I've been doing ministry a while. I got this. And so there's these things called resurrection eggs. You ever seen those? A few of you have. They're pretty cool. So I didn't have any, and I thought I would get time to get over to the bookstore and get some, but I didn't. But I found a DIY resurrection egg thing on the internet. So I started putting this thing together, and I was like, oh, I got all these pieces. You know, you put the leaf in there for the palm branches. And so what you do is you put different items in each of the eggs, and, and you, you talk to the kids about what's in the eggs. And, and the last egg doesn't have anything in it. And then it represents the empty tomb. And so one of the items that I needed was a piece of cloth, small piece of cloth to put in the, the egg to represent um, the, the linen that Jesus' body was wrapped in when he, they placed him on the cross. And so I used a, a little square piece of toilet paper and put it in there so that when I would open it, you know, and it kind of popped out, I was like, this is perfect. I'm going to have to cut anything up. So I'm downstairs last Wednesday, and I've got the kids in front of me, and I'm I like, guys, what's Easter about? And of course, they say eggs. And I say, I've got some very special resurrection eggs. They all looked up at me. I said, each one of these eggs has something in it. I said, you want to see what's in them? Yeah. So each time I'd open one up, man, and their eyes would get big, and I'd pull it out. I said, there. There's a piece of leather in here. What, what is that leather in there? And I would begin to explain to them that they had a whip and they beat Jesus with it. And so I get to egg number 10 and I open it up and it pops out. And I say, it's a piece of cloth. Why would there be a piece of cloth in there? The little boy raises up his hand and I said, why do you think that's in there? And he said, because Jesus had to take a poop and he went to the bathroom and he came out with it. I was like, all right, there you go. There it is. That's Easter for you. And so next time, if you ever do your own DIY kit, do not use toilet paper for the linen. I love Easter. I love the story. It changes everything. And it is a special time of year that we remember the resurrection of Christ. It's impossible for us to imagine what the world would be like if Christ had not been crucified, buried, and risen from the dead. Christ changed absolutely everything. He changed everything about our existence. It's impossible for us to imagine because we've grown up in a world where the light of Christ has shone in the darkness. And so prior to Christ's coming, the world had not known this incredible eternal light the light of Christ, Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. He shows all men how to be reconciled to God. And so just imagine thousands of years of no Christianity, 
No people, no people of the light. And that's, that's amazing to think about because even the people of the light, people who have met Christ and were called to a new morality, a new standard, and were empowered by the Holy Spirit to live out this life, it, it, we still struggle after having received that transformation. We still struggle to do the things that Christ has called us to do, to be kind to one another, to love one another, to um, pray for our enemies, just to be people of peace that, that love each other, that care for one another, that are sacrificial uh, of ourselves. And so even... Post-Christ, we struggle. Well, just imagine a world before Christ comes and the people don't have the power of the Holy Spirit to live that life that Christ has given to us. Just imagine how much darker the planet would be. Imagine all of the good works that the church has, uh, the church has done throughout the history uh, of, of our existence as a body of believers, medical um, uh, uh, missions that have gone out and, and, and ministered to people, feeding the hungry, caring for the poor. And just, you just can think of all of the good things that the church does for the world. Well, just imagine, you know, try to imagine what would our existence be like today if Christ had not have come. It's, it's impossible for us to think about it, and Christ has changed the world for everyone, whether they realize it or not. And so we look at this, we go, man, like the Easter is about the resurrection of Christ. And, and interestingly, Jesus resurrected a few people. If you read the New Testaments, there were a few people that Jesus brought back from the dead. There was, there was a girl who was sick. She was a daughter. And the family was broken, and she was deceased, and Jesus said, more not, she's not dead, and he brings her back to life. And they rejoice, and it's an incredible experience. One time, Jesus was teaching through the streets of Jerusalem, and there was a son who was in a coffin, and the funeral procession was going by, and Jesus stopped the coffin and brought that son back to life, and there was a resurrection. And the people were rejoicing. This was amazing. Look at what God is doing. And then there was, of course, the friend that he, rose, he brought back from the dead, the friend Lazarus, whom he was incredibly close to, um, one of his best friends, and he died. And we know the story that uh, Luke teaches us is that Jesus brought his friend Lazarus back from the dead. And so we look at all of these, and, and they were all resurrected. But here's the difference. They were resurrected to the same kind of life. They all died again. Uh, some have coined the term, they were revivified. They really were not resurrected the way Christ was. They were revived, and each one of them, all three examples that I gave you, it came a time again in their lives where they died, just like you and I will face death. But Jesus, on the other hand, is the first and only resurrection of new life. He is the only type of resurrection that has ever uh, been experienced in this capacity. As a matter of fact, no one has ever experienced the resurrection like Christ has. There's never been a human being on the face of the planet. Only Christ, even today, has been the only person who is resurrected from the dead. We look at um, the Bible and in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, an incredible passage that teaches us about the theology of the resurrection and what it means. And it tells us, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. He's the very first one, is what Paul is teaching us. 
Verse 21 says, For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. And so we're headed toward this climactic event where all of those people who are in Christ, they're covered and they're to be found in Christ, will experience a resurrection the same as Christ experienced it. No one has experienced it to this day. Even the apostles, um, Peter, James, John, none of them, no one has ever experienced the resurrection but Christ alone. He is the first of uh, first fruit of all the resurrection. But all who are in Christ will rise to this resurrection life in the future. This is the gospel. Like this is, this is what they gave their lives for when Jesus came back from the dead. It totally transformed everything about them. One day I will rise from the dead with a new upgraded body. One day I will experience the same resurrection that Christ experienced. And that's what the gospel is all about. If, if we lose sight of this, we get so distracted by the things of the world that we don't realize that our existence is about so much more than the little fragment of time that we experience here, whether it's uh, 10 years, 20 years, 70 years, some 100 years, and some even a little longer. It's just a very small part of our existence when we think in terms of the future when I will be resurrected from the dead and my body will be uh, reunited with my soul. We, we think in terms of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, just to help you get your minds wrapped around this. He was on the cross of Calvary. There was a thief to um, one side of him who was mocking him, and there was a thief to the other side who recognized his deity. And he said to him, please remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. Later on that day, uh, on the cross, Jesus uttered the words to Telestai, it is finished. He died and he breathed his last breath. Well, they took him down off the cross. They took that thief down off the cross. They placed them in tombs. There is no record of the thief being resurrected. But we have a record of witnesses saying that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. So the thief was told by Jesus that today you will be with me in paradise. But his body that day was laid in a tomb, and he is still in a tomb to this day. But he exists in his capacity as a soul. His being exists with Christ in paradise. But the Bible teaches us throughout the New Testament that there is coming a day when Jesus shall return. That the eastern sky will split, and as the lightning strikes in the east and shines into the west, Jesus will come in all of his glory. And when he comes, the dead in Christ shall rise. And that is the resurrection that we look forward to, the blessed hope of the resurrection. And so all who are in Christ rise to this resurrection life. And, and, and so I, I look at that and I'm thinking, man, man, this is encouraging stuff. But here's the thing. I'm not only living for the then and there. 
Like, I look forward to that, and I know that one day, regardless of how difficult things get on this side of the planet, I'm not just living for the then and there, and I, I have hope in that, and it brings encouragement to me. There is something for me to live out in the here and now. Salvation, um, as soon as salvation starts, like a person says, what, what is salvation? We use these words. We don't use them in any other context, but we use them inside the church. What are we being saved from? We're being saved from our sins? No, we're not being saved from our sins. We're being saved from the wrath of God. And what is, how is God saving us? Because we are sinners, when we are found in Christ, as the thief on the cross were, was, then we are risen to a new life to live. We call it being, uh, Jesus said to one guy in John chapter 3, he called it being born again. And so when we go through this salvation experience and we confess our, our sins to Christ, and we say, Lord, I, I, I realize that I'm a sinner. I realize, Jesus, that you are God in the flesh. I'm sorry for my sins. Would you forgive me and be the Lord of my life? That is what we call getting saved. And when that happens, which it cannot happen until God begins the process of drawing a person unto himself. Jesus taught us this in the Gospel of John. You cannot come to the Father unless the Father draws you unto himself. And so as the Father begins to draw us unto himself, we must make a decision about Jesus. Who is Jesus in my life? And once I make the decision that I believe that Jesus was God, I confess my sins to him, and I respond to him with my being, and I lay myself on the altar, if you will, meaning I give up rights to myself, and I um, receive the lordship of Christ into my life. That is when resurrection starts in your life. Resurrection starts at the point of salvation. The resurrection of the body will never happen without the resurrection of the soul. And so the dead rise now. So all around us as we're living our lives and we're interacting with people and we go to work and, and we see people in our families, literally we could say about them that we may be interacting with dead people, like dead men walking. Spiritually, they are the walking dead. Not the TV show, which I don't get. It's weird, um, but we won't go there, okay? But, but so we look at people and say, what do you mean? Well, the Bible teaches us that, that people are dead in their sins until they meet Christ. Look, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 8. This is, it's really encouraging what, how the resurrection begins this process for each of us. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. What is God like? See, the devil, like he, he frames God as a being, I, I talk about wrath and then people say, man, sometimes people say, well, you, you talk about the wrath of God, I can only per perceive of a loving God. Listen, a loving God can't exist without wrath, but we see that this loving God, he's described as one who is rich in mercy. He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ. And what did he do? He seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. 
in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Like all people, all people on the planet are dead in their transgressions and sins. Yet when we receive the gift of God and we are saved, then spiritual life is raised up in us. This is why we hear the the terms in the Bible, having new life or being born again. And, And how I'm framing it today in the context of the resurrection starts at that point. The resurrection starts when spiritual life is raised up inside of me. I, am, I come into this world and I am dead in my sins and transgressions. But as a work of God enters into my life and I respond to the grace and the gift of God, which was Jesus Christ, which is what Easter is all about, the death, um, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He comes into the world as the Paschal Lamb, as the Passover Lamb. He's going to die for my sins. He's going to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. He is the perfect sacrifice. I receive him, and I go from being dead in my sins and transgressions to being made alive in Christ. And so literally, you're looking at a person who has experienced the first phase of the resurrection. And we we look at this, and we go, okay, so what does that mean? Well, it has incredible implications for us in the here and now. You see, as we look forward to, and we, 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 we realize that Easter is about the resurrection of Christ, and we look forward to what we know as the blessed hope of the resurrection of the body of Christ, all of those who are in Christ because they've entered into a relationship with him, and we look forward to that, that, that great day off in the future when we'll experience that, then what we're living right now is a slice of the resurrection. And so every day we wake up, we have at our, at our, at the, at our fingertips at the, at, that meets us every day is a slice of the resurrection, and it has incredible implications, and here are just a few. Easter means we live with a new hope, like every day. Every day we live with a new hope. We're not like the rest of the world, the Bible says, or like men who have no hope. We live with hope. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Listen to what the writer of Romans tells us. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We go from enemies to being at peace with him. And how does it happen? Through Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And listen to this. If you're taking notes, underline this. And hope does not put us to shame. Like hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see... At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God 
demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what I'm talking about right there, man. Like while I'm still a sinner, Christ dies for me, intentionally choose to go to the cross and hang there, seeing that I'm an enemy of his, he intentionally grows, goes to the cross while I'm still a sinner and he dies for me. And I live in that hope every day. And I believe Paul says, and hope does not put us to shame. What is he trying to tell us there? He's trying to tell us is that there is a force that will try to put you to shame. There is a force that will tell you every time that you blow it and you know that you do something in disobedience to God, there is a force, there's an enemy out there that will try to bring shame into your life. He will try to make you feel ashamed and say, you know what? You are not worthy to say that you are a part of the church. You are not worthy to talk to God because look at that way that you just treated that person right there. And so that, that, that shame will begin to envelop me and try to get a hold of me and put me down. But I must remind, be reminded and hope does not put us to shame because hope remembers that while I was still a sinner, that Christ died for me and I may have blown it yesterday, but Christ still died for me. And so I can just push that enemy out of my thought process and go, wait a minute, I've got the hope of Christ in me. Like I may have blown it and I may have sinned, but I have the hope of Christ in me. And that changes everything in the here and now. And we need to learn how to boast in the hope of the glory of God. Like every day, like, like, just wait, like I wake up, I'm gonna wake up. I wake up, woke up this morning. And the first thought I wanna have in my mind is the hope of the glory of God is mine. Now, why is it mine? Is it, it's mine not based on what I did because he said that it is not a, 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 something that is brought about because of my performance. It's something that is brought about because of the performance of Christ. And so I boast in that uh, glory of God that is in me. And so every day means, or Easter means that every day I live with new hope. And so you, 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 like, you go to the doctor. And the doctor, you've been sick, and you're like trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And all of a sudden, the doctor begins to tell you this incredibly terrible news that you've got a terminal illness. And so what do you do? You boast in the hope of the glory of God. Because we're all going to die at some point in time. And so we have this ability that even in the midst of suffering, we can look to Christ on the cross, know that he was crucified, buried, risen from the dead. And one day too, that same hope is ours if we know Christ. And so we hope in the glory of of God. And so we want to boast in that. We want to rest in that. We want to live in that. We want to be reminded of that because we're going to go through times where things get very difficult for us. There will be periods in our lives when we lose our jobs, we lose family members, um, our dreams don't turn out quite like we thought they would. And so what do we do? We are to constantly be reminded of the new hope that we have because we are in Christ. But not only that, Easter means we live with a new day. We all have bad days. Imagine how bad the, day, the disciples felt when Jesus was crucified. Listen, man, they, here's a guy who comes into town 
And when he comes into town, he starts walking around and he's teaching and he's doing incredible things. And he calls these 12 guys to come to his side. They leave their trade of business and they follow him for three years. They think that he is going to be the new political leader of the day, that he is going to overthrow the Roman government, and they got picked by him as a rabbi, and he is the man. They saw him bring these three people back to life. They saw him walk on water. They saw him change water into wine. They saw him heal the paralyzed guy. They were there when the blind guy said that he wanted to see, and Jesus rubbed mud in his eyes, and he went away and washed, and he was able to see. They were there through miracle after miracle after miracle. They ate the food when Jesus fed the 5,000. They were on cloud nine. They had good days for three years in a row because every day that they woke up, Jesus was with them. But then came Good Friday, and everything changed. They took the one they had been following who was giving them good days for three years consecutively. And the leaders of the day hung him on a cross of Calvary. His blood was shedding, and they didn't know, they were anticipating that he was going to, at some point, change all this, and he never did. And they all had gone into hiding. They were fearful. Every one of them had scattered and ran away except John. And John was there, and you know that John was relaying the information. And he comes back on that day when they had taken him down and says, Jesus is dead. That's a bad day, man. Like, now who's next in line to be crucified after Jesus? Surely they're going to want to rid the earth of all of his teachings, and they know we've been walking with Jesus for three years. We've been walking around with our chest bowed out among the Pharisees, and now the Pharisees want to kill us, and Jesus is dead. It's a bad day. Day two without Jesus is a bad day. But on day three... <laughs> The Bible tells us on the evening, let's just imagine, try to get and try to be Peter, James, John, try to be these guys. Imagine what it would have been like, how hopeless it would have felt, how bad the day was going, and all of a sudden they're in a room, they're paranoid, they don't know what to do, and it tells us in John chapter 20, verse 19, on the evening of the first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord so he comes in three days without Jesus why so that everyone on the planet could live with a new day with Jesus from here on out Jesus is everywhere now. Jesus is in me. Jesus is in us because he has risen from the dead and now he has closed the transaction that will allow people to be reconciled to God who were dead in their sins and transgressions. They were apart and separated as enemies of God. But now because of the sacrificial work of Christ on the cross and he's risen from the dead and God the Father has accepted the sacrifice of God the Son for all those who believe in Jesus, we are reconciled to God. And now the temple of the Holy Spirit is where? Not in the temple of earth like it used to be, but in the temple of my body and God moves into me and I'm dwelt with the Holy Spirit, dwelt with the Holy Spirit and I I have a new day of life to live the resurrected life here and now. 
2 um, Corinthians 4.16 tells us not to lose heart, though our outward man is wasting away because inwardly what is happening is we are being renewed. When? Day by day. Like, listen, man, we think of Easter. We think of the resurrection of Christ. It's a new day to live every day that I breathe. This is why Paul says, for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. For me to live is to have the here and now and to be able to live out in the power of the hope of the resurrection and to realize I have a new day available every day to live this life. But for me to die is to be with Christ in paradise today. And eventually, my body will be resurrected and my soul will reunite with my body. This is the gospel. Like, it, we are the, this is the only belief on the planet that teaches that a dead guy got up out of the ground, he rose from the dead, and he promises all those who believe in him and follow him that they too will rise from the dead. This is what we believe. This is what we should be living for, and it means that every day is a new day to live regardless of how difficult things get. And then finally, Easter means we have a new life. Acts chapter 5, verse 20 they're told once they're arrested, an angel sets them free, lets them out of jail. And what does he tell them to do? Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell all the people about this new life. There's new life to live, and it comes daily. And so our existence in the here and now is all about living and sharing this new life. This is what I want to say to you, okay? I thought a lot about this. It's just simply Easter at OPCC. It was Easter last week. And it will be Easter next week. And Easter is just not this thing for me that happens one time a year. It's Easter every day in my life. We're going to do the same thing next week that we did this week. We're going to come in as a body of believers and worship together in spirit and truth. We're going to come in and we're going to encourage one another. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to inspire one another to live with this new hope in this new day and to share this new life with other people. We continually do this because we are called to be disciple-making disciples. So when it comes to Easter, I, certainly it's the day that we remember the anniversary of the resurrection of the Christ. But I'm gonna remember that when I wake up in the morning. And I'm gonna remember that on Tuesday. And I'm gonna remember that on Wednesday. And I'm gonna remember that on my bad days because I know that regardless of how bad my day gets, there's always a new day to live for Christ. Nothing can hold me down. This is why the Bible describes us as peculiar people. Not because we act weird. It's because we faced opposition in a weird way. It doesn't impact us like it impacts the rest of the world. Listen to this passage of Scripture. I want to land on this. Let it soak in. Let it own you this Easter. Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, 
which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. That's us. It is now disclosed to the Lord's people. We now know the mystery. Verse 27 says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, which would represent everybody who's not in Christ. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Easter's not about thinking about Christ on the cross. Easter's not about thinking about an empty tomb. Easter is about realizing that Christ is in me. He is in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. This is simply what it means to celebrate this Easter. Christ is in me. And he wants to form everything about me. And so if I try to live my life in this capacity as if Christ is something that I worship, I've missed the whole meaning of Easter. Christ is in me. And everything that I do is wrapped up. It should be wrapped up. If I know Christ, if I've been born again, if I'm alive spiritually, if I'm living the resurrection now, a slice of the resurrection, then I must realize that it is Christ in me, the hope of glory. Here's the deal. Easter people bring new life where there is only death and bring hope where there is only despair. That's what Easter is about. It's like where I go, new life should come. Where I go, I should take hope where there's only hopelessness. Why? Christ in me, the hope of glory. If Christ is not in me, then a, there's a couple of things. One is like Easter doesn't make any sense. And two, the resurrection of my body is not available. But if he is in me, and he is having his way in me, like, like I look forward to that day. Just stop and pause with me for a moment. Think when the dead shall rise. The devil has duped the church. We think that everybody is already in heaven. And that that's like, like we think people just are kind of like transparent and moving around and they're already in heaven and heaven is what it is. No, they're in paradise. And there is a new kingdom coming. And Jesus has a body that if he chose, he could be here today. He could go eat a donut and have some coffee. He did it. He ate fish with them on the beach. And he tells us, that if I go away, I'm coming back. <laughs> He's coming back. 
And, and when he comes back, like my body, if it, if it is already dead, my body is coming up out of the ground. Every body that is in Christ will be risen and receive the same resurrection body as Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.